Well, she's not bloody fast, but she'll get us there. Six months, you say? Well, it's a long journey on the road to Tarbalum. That calls for a bloody mug of brandy. Well, this here's the farm. Amber, Tracy, go tell the goat-kissing neighbors that we've got guests. My daughters are a couple of bluebies, but they're good storytellers. Now, come inside and warm your bones. Hello and welcome back. I'm here with my friend Tracy. I'm here with my friend Amber. And this is the Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast. Unlike the majority of our recordings, we are doing this one a bit more of a freestyle and less outline, although although there's still an outline we because, you know, we need something to contain us, especially on a day like today. So, like we have said, we've we've talked about this on previous episodes, but it's our it's been six months since we started the podcast. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the idea started a little bit before that. You know, we had talked previously mm-hmm. and kind of just set things up, and that was that. But it's just been a fun idea that we had, and we figured let's just do it. And we, we did. did. <laughs> so, yeah, our, you know, why not has turned into a fun connection with so many really cool, amazing people from Very. all over the world. Yep. And it's, you know, it's been a great outlet just to be silly and creative and do something fun. Mm-hmm. And boy, has it been fun. So part of our recording today is going to be just like, a little bit of a reflection on our six months and what we've done and just, you know, kind of touch on how we're feeling around the podcast, what we've learned, mm. some of our <laughs> some of our, our plans for the future, I guess, too, because like one of the exciting things about doing this is that neither one of us have any intention of stopping because we're just having far too much fun. The second part of this is going to be um, a celebration of an accomplishment of mine, which is perhaps a bit vain, but it's also <laughs> <laughs> a celebration of our listeners, the people on our Discord, the people on Twitter. When we first started recording, I had stopped reading the series like halfway through the last book, and I just couldn't bring myself to go all the way to the end and finish reading it. Like, I just didn't feel emotionally prepared for that but have I feel you... like that's more common than people realize yes I actually <laughs> you was are so... not the only person that no. I've heard no I was so surprised at how many people were like that was me too I did the exact same thing like it just wasn't ready for it to end and I feel as though having a community like this that keeps these books very much alive it just gave me the push I needed to make it to the end which I finished I finished A Memory of Light Wednesday night, I think. So this past Wednesday. And there were many tears. I definitely... <laughs> I definitely had my moments of weeping. But there was also a little disappointment, which I kind of want to talk about once we move over to that section, because I'm just so excited to talk about making it all the way to the end of the book. Anyway. Anyway. That, that's it. Yeah. That's all for me, my rambly opening. So we should just, before we start off, we're going to be spoiling things today. We're going to be talking about the full series. I'm sorry, we generally don't do this because Mm -mm. we want to welcome everyone, but there's a lot to talk about and 
since Tracy just finished, it's all fresh and we just want to like get Catch into it. it. Yeah, yeah. 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 And Tracy's drinking. So I'm opening my raspberry <laughs> lambic right now. I have been dreaming of this since the last time I had it. And I was like, what better time to celebrate and have a little raspberry lambic beer in the morning? <laughs> So yeah, we could we could be a little rambly, and we usually yeah we usually pretty rely heavily on that was amazing. That was a great catch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was one hundred percent unexpected. Wow, man, I'm glad I didn't just crack the, my the screen. The bottle opener just, just popped, popped out in mid air, and Tracy <laughs> snatched it like a cat. Um, <laughs> Ta da! Yeah, I'm secretly eye to eye. That's yeah. what it is. So, yeah. Um, yeah, there will be spoilers. And this is going to be pretty much unscripted. We usually follow an outline, but, I mean, today we're, we're kind of, yeah. We're going to go a little just, loose, see what happens. Yeah. 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 So, change. fuck the outline. Fuck the outline. <laughs> At least for the, ooh, yay. Bottles <laughs> popping, tabs mm-hmm. cracking. I love this. So, Amber, <laughs> six Talk months in, how are you six feeling? Six months in? Yeah. Um, so, I've said this before, our very first episode, I would like to burn it and just <laughs> bury it in a hole somewhere. I mean, it's silly. It's still good. Mm-hmm. And thinking back, yeah, this is who I am. Like, I'm a dork. Um, I'm not embarrassed at all about what I've talked about, but... If you listen to our very first episode and maybe one of our most recent episodes, you can tell that there, there's always a little bit of growing pains. And I think that's mostly, for me, associated with hearing myself talk. Yeah. And know, yeah. like the, I think there's like a general anxiety of knowing that your voice is being recorded. <laughs> and then listened to. Like, it's mm-hmm. not so much the recording. Like, I think you really helped me when we first started recording together by just being like, I'm just going to think about it like a phone call. Like once I, I started getting comfortable and just thinking into the idea that it's just another one of our phone calls, we just have a like outline for what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. It made it so much easier. And I think that's just kind of what we've kept pushing forward with. And I, I still remember the morning after we like published like our first launch and mm-hmm. like I woke up and I already had a message from you. And I think we had had close to 50 what did it did it happen yeah, that fast like, yeah, yeah like we were both like oh my god we thought if we had like five people listen we, <laughs> mm-hmm. we would be yeah. really excited and now this morning I checked and we are at 2,452 listens since we started Yay. and that's just and we're and we're recording this two weeks like before yeah. you are hearing it so so it'll probably it'll probably even be different by then exactly so it's just there exciting. is a lot to celebrate there really is and we've also made some super fun connections doing this yes we've done some amazing collaborations with people um, yep and just yeah like the the fan base for the oh my god it's so is good really really good it's so good better than any other. That I've experienced. Yeah. Not trying to talk trash, but. (laughs) No, but it's really great. Yeah, I don't really have any kind of experience with other, like, fandoms. Like, I have certain Mm -hmm. shows that I geek out hard over, but 
like as far as like dipping into a fandom more this is kind of my first experience Mm -hmm. and it's just really blown me away with how kind it is and how supportive and funny and clever and I mean really what was I expecting from a bunch of people who are willing to sit down (laughs) and read 14 books you know (laughs) it's kind of like a you know like it's like the club like you've done it pat on the back we're all here for each other now (laughs) exactly come join us come come to our ranks we will embrace you one of us one of us (laughs) i had a i had a zoom call the other last night Mm. santi messaged me Mm. and he's like we're doing a zoom call do you want to do you want to join and i was like well i'm taking a bath right now (laughs) (laughs) Like a total wetlander. And I was like, but if I'm, if you guys are still at it in an hour, you know. And he's like, yeah, sure. And it was me and Santi and Pips. Nice. From Twitter. Nice. And two other people from Twitter, Concord, and I think the Dark One's Taint is what he goes <laughs> by. Everyone. But it was, it was delightful. But... It was really fun. We were we were talking about Varen for a little bit, which was exciting. <laughs> Fucking love Pip Varen. Said that she thinks Varen got kicked out of <laughs> got kicked out of farm matting for vandalism for graffiti. <laughs> she wrote, "This town sucks." <laughs> and uh, it was pro- it was amazing. That's such a yeah. I, I that's. A question we've come back to a couple different times is why did Varen get kicked out of farmatting? So for graffiti, sure. <laughs> I can, I I personally think that it must something darker must have happened, but graffiti is way more fun. <laughs> yes, but we I I want to ask you. I guess yeah. okay since since you finished a memory of light yeah. The first thing you kind of said was like, well, I was disappointed with a few things. And I'm really curious to know, like, what, you know, because I know a couple things. Mm -hmm. I know some things, but if I forget any, help me to remember, because, you know, my memory is shit. But it in all honesty, it was the very ending. It was the absolute ending where Rand is like which woman do I choose? And off I ride into the sunset, like kind of literally here I go. And Mm -hmm. like when I read that, my thought was, what about Elaine and your babies and (laughs) the people you're leaving behind? Are you serving them better by going on a vacation or actually letting them know that you are still there? And I can understand why you would want to run away from that that situation after everything that Rand had been through. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I was just like, what happened to duty? Is... <laughs> Don't you got to be a dad now? Yeah, like duty <laughs> is heavier than a mountain, death lighter than a feather. Like what happened to that? Get back you there. already resorted to being a deadbeat dad? Yes. Like the day after. <laughs> yes, the day after you saved the world. I'm sure if Elaine, you came out and you Elaine were like. Elaine is like backdating the child support. <laughs> She's got her calendar. Hmm. Yeah, and two kids. So suck on that. But it just, I was just like, what? Oh, that's how that, what? Okay. They're just, there felt like it just wasn't the ending I expected. It felt kind of frivolous 
and not mm-hmm. necessarily in tone with like the gravity of what had just happened. And maybe that was the intention, but it really just didn't mm-hmm. sit quite right with me. So that was, mm-hmm. oh, and I just remembered another disappointment. But do you have anything? Because I know we had talked about this a little bit as well. Yeah, um, I think the ran ending, it didn't really bother me because I I wasn't really looking for anything with it. I mean, mm-hmm. I figured he's either going to die or he's going to live somehow. And then they'll probably kind of like leave it up to the imagination of the reader, like what happens afterwards. Oh, yeah. So I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't really looking for any, you know, like six months later, something like this. But um, I did think it was kind of kind of shady how they let his, I don't know, how his body swap thing kind of like be a secret. Yeah. Like everybody is mourning him mm-hmm. and he's like, hee hee, like I'm just going to ride <laughs> off into the sunset. I got some gold in my pipe. <laughs> Yeah. See you guys. And I'm like, man, like all these people are mourning and you're just like, peace. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like a that's a devastating loss. Tam's there, Avienda, Min, Elaine, everyone else that has fought and died mm-hmm. in this battle. I mean, he has this like breakdown of consciousness where he cannot allow mm-hmm. other people to do the things that he feels he should be doing. And now all of a sudden it's just like, I guess you guys are on your own. Have fun. I could see yeah, I could see the girls getting together and making a like pact. Like, we're not going to tell anyone. Because okay, because when when Elaine she's pregnant, she she's leading the lie that the father is someone else mm-hmm. because she doesn't want the children to be a target. Right. And I could see her feeling that way for Rand and being like, if people know he's alive, he could become a target. Mm-hmm. And like his, you know, death would essentially mean his safety, mm-hmm. I guess. So I could see I could see the girls maybe coming together and hatching like a little plan or something. But if that was the case, like it would have been nice to know that it was kind of there was a reason behind mm-hmm. it or that they were know, they more were in on help it. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it almost just kind of felt like they were keeping this big secret from all of these people that cared about Rand, yeah. like Nynaeve and Lan and all of these right. people who were there from the beginning and they they didn't tell them. Right. <laughs> and it's like, damn, and that's cold. As Rand, why, <laughs> this is just me, why wouldn't you want to show the success that you had over what was supposed to happen and to also be a part of rebuilding a world you had worked so hard to save and instead he's apparently become Matt and wants to go hang out and hop on ships (laughs) and go to taverns he's like well I I've been all over the world at this point but I haven't really enjoyed it so I'm gonna go do that 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 reminds me of like the very horrible Game of Thrones Game of Thrones ending where like Arya's like, what's on the other side of the ocean? I'd like to see it or something. And it's like, okay. All right. I guess that's what you're doing now. We'll miss you. (laughs) Bye. But I mean, (laughs) that's, that was, that was probably the thing that, that hit me 
the most. Like it, it just it felt kind of lackluster, and I was just like, oh, all right, I guess that's the ending. But at the same time, I really I do appreciate the room for the imagination of what comes next. Like one of the books that comes to mind for me on this is Gone with the Wind, and I know that it has like feelings around it in the world but it's one of my personal favorite books and at the very end you know Rhett leaves and he's like frankly Scarlet I don't give a damn what you do you are left to wonder like will mm-hmm. they get back together like I like those kind of mysterious endings but the part in me mm-hmm. who wants more still wants more damn it yeah I still want more <laughs> I still want more um yeah, but that's why I, we do I this could- Right. <laughs> I mean, really. There's it does n- not beginnings nor endings. Exactly. Um, I love that. I think I don't know. With me, I'm oddly enough much more emotionally invested in some of the minor characters. So when all of the big, you know, things are going on in a memory of light, my ultimate favorite is when we get these little character moments Mm -hmm. where it was like oh I wasn't sure if we were gonna get to hear back from this character again so when it when you get their like short little point of view moment I was like oh that's awesome like Uno's back and Julian is back and there's just like random little blips where like I'm like that was cool I liked that Mm -hmm. but I'm just I'm just a sucker for some of these minor characters and I mean, I I love, you know, obviously, like, I really like Perrin and Matt and Rand, but for some reason, those aren't really the characters that, I don't know, they're not really the ones that pulled me in, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. I really love Nynaeve, mm-hmm. mostly just because I probably, I feel a connection with her just her being kind of like this angry young woman and overcoming her block and trying to find some type of, you know, serenity in her life and kind of getting over that. And there's other main characters where I'm just like, eh, well, not a big fan of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I am that way with Perrin and Fayil. But I was still relieved that, you know, Perrin found Fayil and they both survived the the last battle and everything and i mean since davram I s- died i still think in my rewrite i would have seven balwer and fayil together dealing with the horn sitch mm. the horn situation that probably would have gone a little bit better. She would have like Chafael, she would have Balwer. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, what can Balwer do in the last battle? It's right. not like he can, like, <laughs> there's a group of Trollocs over here, and, you know, like what? It, they have scouts, they don't really need Balwer, so. I like Seven Balwer as well, and I agree with you, especially with the direction that the the travels of the horn goes through to get to the last mm-hmm. battle. And I don't know, maybe he could have helped smooth that out a little bit. I don't know. I understand how they would want it to be fitting that Fayil is like the carrier of the horn because she was a hunter for the horn. I understand what was how, you know, like what they were trying to 
what Robert Jordan and Brandon Sanderson were trying to create with this mm-hmm. storyline. I get it. But I think that part was just a little bit meandering, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, when you're thinking about how many of these plot lines were left untied, mm-hmm. like, that is a not a small feat. Like, that Mm-mm. was an incredible, an incredible... There were so many hard, threads to pull to together yes. at this yes. point. Like, there are just so... There's so many people. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, as far as disappointments go, one of my biggest disappointments was in the handling of the death of Swan and Brian mm-hmm. in particular. Swan probably even more than Brian. Like I agree 100%. Yeah. Like Min just turns back and sees Swan's body on the floor of a burning tent and then she runs away. And that's all we get. Like Min has a moment Iguain, of sadness. I don't remember. I don't remember but is Egwene when does she find out? Is it Oh gosh, I don't know. Or does she not even find out? I don't know. I don't remember. She may not have. So that's found how out. little of an impact it was. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and I was like, wait, but that's Swan. Like, Bella gets a better goodbye than Swan does. Yeah. And I mean, no, I not that I don't think that a good goodbye for Bella mm-hmm. is not necessary because it absolutely was, and that was definitely one of those moments where I texted you and it was like, Bella, why? <laughs> yeah. Like all the exclamation uh, points, all the question marks. Like what the fuck? Like that is brutal. I'm sorry, right? but I'm like, I, okay, like Egwene dies, huge crazy death, and I'm like, eh. Bella dies, and I'm like fucking sobbing. Right? <laughs> like, what is wrong with me? Yeah. <laughs> this horse means so much. <laughs> exactly. Like sweet little like. You know what though? Maybe, maybe Bella's. Uh, horse spirit gets tied to the horn. <laughs> Maybe that her her little horsey soul. Let's pretend that's what she's happened. Like, I feel like she's like the rainbow bridge between like the real world and like the where all of where all the souls go while they're waiting to get spun out. Like she's like the chariot. You know, <laughs> I'm here to out. take you to the next place. <laughs> I'm a happy horse. We'll have fun. <laughs> um, yeah, I think what so <laughs> the moment where I kind of broke down and like started really crying was Brigida's death, and that was oh yeah, that was actually. In fact, I I want to try to. F- I know I have it marked. I think I put down. It's because that one's so brutal too. Like he. Doesn't he cut her neck so much that her head... No, he like... Was... And see, that's what I want to find it. Uh, let me see here. Because I remember feeling really conflicted about that. Like, I was obviously sobbing. Right. But then I'm like, no, she gets to go back to Geidel. And that was like causing all of her... You know, like she was having like PTSD. She mm-hmm. was losing all of the memory of herself yep. and of him. Ooh, here. And then. No, keep going. You know, I'm sorry. So it kind of just was like, okay, well, now she gets to go back to who she was mm-hmm. and remember who she was and remember her time with him and be back with mm-hmm. him. 
So and see, I was like, I could talk myself down. From, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's kind of what I had to do as well. But like, I think why it hit me so hard, other than how like quick and brutal the scene is, and I actually did, I did find it, and it's not. It's Melar, the uh, dark friend who like Elaine has spread around. The one around. that they think, the one who thinks is Egwene's baby daddy. Elaine's baby daddy. Yes. Is that what did I say, Egwene? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but whatever. Oh, okay. But he has gotten one of the the copies of the foxhead medallions mm-hmm. that Elaine had made, mm-hmm. and so like channeling doesn't impact him, and so mm-hmm. he attacks her and her guard, and of course. Brigida is there, and in the book it says, Millar turned as two men dragged Brigida over. She thrashed in their grip, and a third man came over to help hold her. Millar took out his sword, regarded its blade for a moment, as if inspecting himself in its reflective gleam. Then he rammed it into Brigida's stomach. Brigida gasped, falling to her knees. Millar beheaded her with a vicious backhand blow. Like, yeah. How many times do we get something that is that quick, you know, in the series? Like, usually it's like, bad shit is about to happen, but don't worry. It's okay. We're going to, like, talk or, for a year and a half. Or you'll get these epic, like, like they'll talk about the sword forms or how, exactly. you know, you'll get a little bit more of this, like, cinematic buildup. Yeah. <laughs> where that one, it was just like, oh, that happened fast. Yep. Like, I you weren't ready for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was not ready for that. I gasped. Like, I was like, <gasps> and because I was still worried, we never got an answer to the question, would Brigitte's soul go back to Teleron Riyadh when she had been mm-hmm. ripped away from it by Mogidian? And so mm-hmm. that was like, I was like, oh my God, what if she doesn't come back? What if this is like dead, dead Brigitte? The end. Exactly. The end. And so that was like, I, I, that moment hit me and I just like laid in bed and because I was I was sitting on the bed and Arthur was next to me watching whatever it is that six year olds watch. And I just started like crying, <laughs> just crying. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. I was there. I I did the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I mean, there's oh, there's so many moments in that book. My God. So I'm all like. <laughs> I guess since we're just talking about like things that were sad or disappointing or those types of adjectives, mm-hmm. <laughs> the beginning of this book, I just remember we are finally getting to these all of the heads of nations trickling in to this big meeting between Rand versus Egwene. <laughs> and. This was just, oh, it made me want to like, like, just headbutt a wall <laughs> over and over again. I find Egwene completely insufferable, and she's, Rand is like, I'm going to kill the dark one. And she's like, I'm going to kill the dark one. Like, you're. <laughs> You're a wool head, you know? And he's like, like, don't you understand? Like, I'm probably going to die, but I found a way that I think I can do this. And if you would just listen, and she's like, well, what I think is you should spend some time at the White Tower. And I'm like, you two are the worst. The worst. And 
they're like a big brother and a little sister at like right. fighting over their favorite toy only it's who's like gonna end up with the seals right. or whatever and it's i mean i i don't want to turn this into a who has the most emotional trauma between the two mm. because it's kind of like they were both dealt like this really rough experience obviously absolutely Wayne was collared in the very beginning of the series and I don't think she ever got over it Hell I think no. the majority Mm-mm. of her her issue like her internal issues of how she treats people that she could probably be a little bit kinder to mm-hmm. stems from this and then Rand just you know like snowballed and he he was never really in a great place he starts out Almost watching his dad die and finding out like, oh, these terrible monsters are real and now I have to leave everyone that I know and be completely alone if I want them to survive. Yeah, he's like off balance. But Egwene was like, I'm gonna go on an adventure. (laughs) (laughs) And Randa's like, You don't understand. You don't get it. Yes, I do, I can do anything. (laughs) And it's it's like the little like it is like the little sister. I'm going where you're going. I can do better. Yep. And so I I understand how all of this is leading up and they you put these two people in a room and they're just kind of going back and forth. But to me, maybe if I was younger and read this, I would have thought it was a little bit more entertaining. But me as a person right now, as I'm reading it, I'm like, I... I I have no time for this shit, mm-hmm. you know? Like, do you not understand the gravity of what is going on? Yeah. And we've talked about the White Tower being ridiculous. Several times. <laughs> and Rand is being ridiculous. Egwene is being ridiculous. <laughs> and then finally, um, the best part of this is, you know... Moraine showing up. Yes. And yes. Basically everyone that know that is in the group knows about the issues that Moraine and Nynaeve have with each other. And mostly the issues Nynaeve has for Moraine. Yeah. It's kind of one sided. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Although Nynaeve doesn't really recognize that until like much I mean, she well, does at this point, but, like, she right. didn't recognize it until, like, after Moraine's mm-hmm. death. Death. Yeah. And so, like, Nynaeve just goes up to her and she just, you know, like, she she's speaking her. to her and hugs her and she's crying. And then Moraine kind of is, like, comforting her, like, Nynaeve as a child. Yeah. And it was kind of, like, in this moment, it was, like, what an arc, because this whole time Nynaeve is, you know, I don't want to be seen as a little girl. I don't want to be treated like a child. And this was, like, the one moment where it was, like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, I can be comforted. I can be, you know, I can be treated like I am something that can break. Yeah. I'm I'm strong and I can cry. sweet. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That can be a hard balance to find. I know that it's something that I actually still struggle with because I'm the kind of person who cries quite a bit. <laughs> and for the longest time for Sometimes me. Sometimes it just feels good. It really does. There's <laughs> Get something <it> out. <laughs> highly cathartic about a good cry. Even my 
My older son, Aiden, is very much a, a fan of a good cry. But like when I was younger, I always saw it as like a a weakness. Like I was weak right. and I was crying. Like I wasn't strong enough to hold up to the things that emotionally hit me hard. And it was really only as an adult that I began to accept the idea that we all experience our emotions differently. And some of us are more intensely affected by the world around us and respond to it in ways that come out of our tear ducts. And Nynaeve mm -hmm. is one of those people. Like she feels everything intensely, everything. Mm -hmm. And so for her to be able to just kind of like let it loose on the woman who she had spent she thought was a kidnapping yeah. <laughs> kidnapper <laughs> a kidnapping kidnapper, a kidnapping kidnapper. Okay. it's that's moraine's a kidnapping kidnapper mm. yeah i uh i liked that part and i think i have like a couple like you had mentioned okay verse before i move anywhere any other disappointments in the series or things that like could have gone a little differently that we would have been happy to see? When I'm thinking about the series as a whole, I mean, there's things obviously that I could nitpick mm -hmm. over and be like, well, this, you know, like this part didn't do it for me or something. And it's not, it's usually not so much how something was written, mm -hmm. like where I'm like, well, that was just bad storytelling yeah. it's more like this person is awful or I don't understand how someone could treat someone that they care about that way mm -hmm. or it's mostly like uh like a really well-written character that I necessarily wouldn't ever want to spend five <laughs> minutes with <laughs> yeah. you know what I yeah. mean <laughs> yeah um overall I was thrilled with this book like I don't want to be negative Nancy all over this thing because in truth I loved it I raced through it as often as I kind of question the work that may have been Sanderson's versus Jordan versus like how I think Jordan may have done things blah mm -hmm. blah blah whatever it was still really good. The pacing was really good. There are some fantastic fucking moments in here. There are pieces where I feel like, because I don't believe that Sanderson has a military background the way that Jordan had. And there are definitely, like, there's a moment in the in the series where Aitoralda, is that how we say his name? Mm -hmm. He's basically describing having PTSD from the battle of... Maradon. Exactly. And he's talking about like how he's lifting up his spyglass and his hands are shaking. And like when he closes his eyes, he can still hear the Trollocs. He can still see the men dying around him. Like that battle is still deeply affecting him. And to acknowledge that in a series from the internal point of view, I think has a power that is necessary to recognize in moments like these because it's so like one of the things about battle and war and blah, 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 is that like it's a patriarchal trap for men and women. Like you fight because you fight because that's what men do and blah, 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 blah. But it's traumatic. It's horrible. You're killing mm -hmm. another person, a human being. And I mean, in this case, more often than not, those human beings are dark friends or 
it's Trollocs and Dark Hounds and whatever, but still, like, battle fucking sucks. It's awful. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate the fact, and I feel like that's such an understatement, battle fucking sucks. I feel like it should have, like, a bit more gravity than that. But what I'm trying mm-hmm, to say the is... The weight of it. Yeah. I... I I have friends who've been in the military and I have family who are military and it I can't even imagine some of the things that they've been through and how shaken that must leave a person. And so I just I liked that really humanist nod in the book. I really especially love how with Rodel Aitoralda the he's slowly realizing that he can't that he has no control over what he's doing and that he's been compulsed you've been compulsed Uh um and you've been compulsed and you've been yeah okay sorry (laughs) yeah and so he's he's like talking himself kind of he's trying to like tell himself like stop stop this stop this Mm -hmm. and Having that internal dialogue of his is heartbreaking where he knows, you know, this he's not trying to do this and something is eating away mm-hmm. at him and he can't he can't put an end to it. And I almost, you know, like I almost <laughs> um, was thinking like he's going to just be like tie me up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like just tie, tie me to something. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. That he'll recognize. And I, I, right. I think... When Brian, like when they come for Gareth, is it Brian or Bryn? With, I always with, say Brian. I think in the audiobooks they say Bryn, but okay. I don't remember how it's how it says in the glossary or on the wiki. I really don't remember. Okay. <laughs> We're in the same boat on I that one. And I don't care either. Okay, cool. However you like. <laughs> yes, indeed. But like his response being, oh, thank the light, I'm not crazy. You know, because like he was like, I could see things. I could see what I was doing. And I think like each one of the great captains have a little bit Mm -hmm. of that response to what has happened to them. And the fact that they can recognize the fact that they were in some way being compulsed is just another indication of how strong their mental fortitude is. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like we think about Morgais and Ravin and how she's able to pull away. And it's said that only people who have a really strong mental constitution are able to kind of pull away from compulsion. So these men... Well, that's like, that's almost like when they're trying to turn Loghain and they're like, exactly. he's too strong, it's going to take longer with him. Yeah, they were like, we can't, and that, we can't do this. That whole part is a whole other can of worms Ooh. that I'm just like... Wow. Okay. I I actually that was a wrap up that I felt good about. Like mm-hmm. where he had he had to make that decision between trying to free that Saangriel or go back and save women and children and elderly people from being slaughtered by Trollocs. It's like do you want that revenge or do you want your humanity? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he chooses yeah. his humanity and it's so it's so low gain thank you low gain like i feel as though he goes for just a moment down that path that rand was going down where he was like mm-hmm. i have to be hard to be strong and he 
makes a much faster turnaround to his humanity than Rand did. And I think the part in the book says something about how... Loghain has a little bit more maturity, I feel Absolutely. like. He, isn't he like 10, 15 years older than Rand? See, now I want to say so. I always, I always picture him, though, as like mid-30s or something yes. in my head, though. Yeah, me too. But, but that's also, in some ways, that's how I picture a lot of our characters who are actually only supposed to be 20 years old, which is a bone I have to pick in this series, but that's not today. Regardless, Logan. I think they'll age them up quite a bit. I think they're going to have to. to. I think they're going to have to. Like, I don't know. I just anyway. (laughs) I don't want to talk about that right now. Uh, Logan makes this decision. He goes back to save people, and he's carrying a two-year-old toddler out. And the mom comes out, and she's like, "Thank you so Mm. much." And he realizes that instead of the people around him looking at him with fear. They are looking at him and the fellow Ashaman. Like a hero. Yes, with awe. And the mother mm-hmm. even says, I will send my son to you to be tested when he's old enough. Mm-hmm. And fuck. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. And suddenly like <laughs> <Too much. laughs> Logan, your humanity has returned mm-hmm. and he's he like you feel like he's about ready to set his foot on something really solid. And I I love that for Logan because you do see that struggle within him where he's like, I could have been the dragon. I should have mm-hmm. been the dragon. How was I to know that I didn't fulfill all the prophecies? Because, you know, prophecies are whatever. So mm-hmm. he gets to still have a position of power and authority but as a savior in a way, instead of a destroyer, which was the path that he was going down. Love Logan. Same. He's great. I agree. <sighs> that part was so good. I, I just got like little part, chills talking yeah. about it. <laughs> I know another part that I really, really enjoy is the Ogier showing up <gasps> and them kind of being like, um, like, so we had the great stump and all, and we've brought some Ogier to your ranks, and Elaine is like, oh, thanks, I could use a couple of you. How many? And she, they're like, all of us. All of us. We're all, we're we're all, all here. here. <laughs> yeah, and I was like choking. I was like, they've all come to help. Stop, I'm going to cry. Oh, my God. Yeah. And oh. then... um. Of course, oh my God, all of the, you know, like moments where we're getting like their fighting oh my God. styles like narrated where they're just, you know, like mowing people down with like branches, and like singing. the size of trees and singing while doing it. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> it's just epic. So good. It, like those moments with the, the Ogier fighting and the, that moment where they show up and you're just like, oh, Fuck yeah. And like mm-hmm. even like at some point Loyal's point of view while in battle and him not really thinking about himself as being a angry or strong Ogier and yet he's lifting these Trollocs by the throat, crushing them and then throwing oh, them against trees. And you're like, gentle Loyal with your pockets full of books and your your heart of gold. <laughs> <laughs> I see him like getting like 
an arrow attack and like the book in his pocket, like protecting him. <laughs> you yes, know I bring books into I battle. Do say, not judge me. <laughs> you know he has at least one. He has at least one book. Loyal does. Ugh. Or at least a notepad right? so he can like jot so he down can make notes something. As um oh what is her name? His wife. Era. Yeah, as she like sits next to him with her head on his knee and he's writing notes about the last battle. Oh, F. (sighs) I also especially loved, oh God, well like we all think that Lan is getting left to die, right? (laughs) And um, I don't remember the guy that he's with. I, I don't remember the name, but it's a younger one of the men dies and Lan is carrying his Hidori, the man who's died, his, his Hidori with him into battle mm-hmm. because it's a tradition. It was and, uh, <sighs> Bulin? Bolin? That might be right. It was, that might be right. He had been a, a, a young boy in the mm-hmm. Ibeshar Palace and had like committed himself to following the Malkir way. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, can you teleport him somewhere cold? And I'm like, oh, fuck me. Right? <laughs> I am i can't handle this. But before that happens, hmm. Lan is trying to give them this, you know, last speech before we run into death mm-hmm. because there was nothing that they could do at that point. They were completely overwhelmed. Yep. They were completely outnumbered. And Lan is like, you know, like this, like the this is Sparta speech, like, we, you know, like our one last charge, give it what you've got, because we're not going to be going home after this right. type of situation. And the part that like broke me is so obviously portals start opening up, right. gateways start opening up. And he said it's like the biggest gateway he'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. And then the numbers were rapidly increasing so fast Mm -hmm. that before he could even see what was happening, there was like hundreds of thousands or something. I don't remember the numbers. Andrew, where are you? I was just thinking that. Uh, (laughs) Andrew would be looking this up right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, and, and then Lan is like having this moment where he's absolutely gobsmacked. (sighs) He doesn't know what to say. He doesn't know what to think. And then one of the guys is like, damn it, Lan. Like, you're not going to fucking smile now. Like, put a fucking smile on your face, dude, because nobody saw this coming. And he's like, Lan did not smile. He laughed. Yep. And um, the thing that's so cool is like, I, I I don't really have a big you know, a strong attachment to some of the characters from the Black Tower, except for Loghain. Mm -hmm. But in this moment, when they're kind of like popping in Mm -hmm. with these gateways, the way that they're describing the Trollocs looking at this army, like rapidly multiplying out of thin air, like the Trollocs were all like ready, like kind of laughing and like, you know, they were they were on edging closer and closer and the Trollocs in the back couldn't see what was happening and they were pushing further, like pushing up against the ones in the front. Who were trying and to so go the other the, way. They were trying yeah, to and retreat. Then the, 
Yeah, and then the ones in front are just like, well, uh-oh. <laughs> and then the ashaman that are there are creating what what in my head seemed to feel like like an earthquake but where the ground splits Mm -hmm. and like you know like the ground just like opening up Mm -hmm. and kind of just like people dropping like Mm -hmm. just all these forces of trollocs just kind of like falling Falling. out of nowhere Mm -hmm. yeah and there's mayhem going and you just see kind of you feel like um there's going to be this like electricity in the air like before there's a tornado or something where everything's yeah. kind of like real quiet mm-hmm. and then something like the ground just splits and then all hell breaks loose. And I was thinking this is going to be one of those moments where I really, really hope that we see in the book or in the show because mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a really good land moment and i feel like they've got a really well-known character for land so i feel like he's got to have some good oh yeah no yeah some good land parts yeah how are they i don't know how they're going to pick and choose out of if know, we right? get a memory of light on the screen Whew. how in the hell are they going to decide what to put <laughs> what to let us see i don't know i I really don't. After reading this and like so many different POVs and even though the battle is all in one location, it's not because there are several different fronts to the battle. Mm -hmm. And I mean, at the beginning of the book, they're fighting in Andor, the Blight, and where's the third? Mm -hmm. Oh, up in Shale Ghoul. So there are three separate battle fronts that are taking place and that are being slowly maneuvered into positions where the shadow can take them over because the Mm -hmm. great captains have been compulsed to make that happen. Mm -hmm. But then like coming together onto the field of, is it Marilor? Is that how you say it? You know what? There are too many M named places. (laughs) Malkir, Malden, Meridon. Manetheran. Manetheran. Mirandi. Mirandi. Yeah, I'm sure there's more. I'm sure there's more, but I think that was a pretty good list. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I really don't know how they would do it. I feel as though, like, one of the things about battle in, like, a cinema format versus a book format is all of those things that take a matter of seconds on the screen take pages to Mm -hmm. get the right momentum and the right mood and everything put in place Mm -hmm. whereas like the setup of trollocs yeah like all like that scene that you were just describing like how much special effects how many actors how many horses how much cgi and (laughs) like yeah it's a lot but i think i think one of the things that we may have learned from game of thrones I the majority of Game of Thrones fans that I know really like Battle of the Bastards. Like for them, it's one of their very favorite episodes. And I mean, yeah, me too. I'm lukewarm on it. Ooh, really? Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved it. I think I I love how it looked. Uh huh. But it didn't make very much sense. Ooh, okay. We'll have to talk about that later. Within the story. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. 
Uh, I was just kind of blown away by how they they organized that chaos for screen and how good it looked and how you felt like you were kind of in the center of everything that was happening. Yeah, it, I think I read or watched somewhere where one of the directors said, like, you are supposed to feel like you are suffocating under that mass of bodies, like, with him. Exactly. And I felt that. Me like, too. I felt totally claustrophobic watching yep. it. Yeah. But, I mean, um, like, Hard Home, to me, where it was, like, all of the zombie White Walkers, mm. in, the books, in the books, you don't know what happened. It's left up in the air so Mm. Jon Snow isn't actually at hard home when it all goes down so you hear you hear that all of these men were sent there but nobody came back Mm -hmm. so you're only you can only imagine what happened there Mm. but Mm. on the show it's mayhem yeah (laughs) and it's like okay like creepy zombie characters and the little creepy zombie ice walker kids getting turned very (laughs) very scary but that's with like with wheel of time i i i want these shadow spawns to be real yep like unsettling yes same and i want those battle moments to feel like i'm in them like Mm -hmm. i want to feel it i want to feel it with the characters as it's happening to them because there are just so many good moments. So many good moments. It's Well, that's like, I mean, with our battles episode, it's almost impossible to pick certain ones. Maybe in the future, we will just do a last battle battles mm. episode because we didn't cover it on any of those. And that has plenty. <laughs> a ton of stuff. Plenty of battles. Just a ton. Um <laughs> We are at about an hour. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take a break and then sure. come back and hit like more favorite moments? Because I still have. Yeah, I have. And I have questions for you. Ooh, I love it when you have questions for me. Okay. You have the best questions. Well, these are kind of these are just. Yeah, these aren't like specifics, but just. That's okay. Yeah. No, I'm really excited. I really, you are so good at asking questions. I'm always, <laughs> like when I put together something, I'm like, what question would Amber ask here? What? She's so clever. You're so clever. <laughs> Sometimes I don't feel like it. Sometimes I feel like I'm not making any sense and it's taking me about 20 minutes too long to put together <laughs> how I feel about something. But <laughs> thank me you. Too. It is appreciated. <laughs> I feel ya. I feel ya. All right. Okay. Um, do you want to chat on break? Yeah. Yes. Let's do okay. It. Cool. I'll give you. I'll give you a ring in just a moment. Break time. Okay. Where were we? So, uh, super, like maybe favorite moments. Okay. Instead of like places where we were disappointed, I guess. Hmm. Um. I. <laughs> I have one that is so, (laughs) I have one word, hinders tap. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, my God. This this was one of the parts that I was really excited for you to get to. (laughs) 
Well, and what I like about this part, too, is that you had just mentioned how, like, you sometimes feel a bigger connection for, like, the kind of minor characters. Mm -hmm. And this is Jer Grady, who, like, just kind of pops up here and there throughout, like, the Ashaman, Mm -hmm. Ashaman development. And he's sitting up in a canyon watching over the dam that's been built there and he's not happy with matt because no no he's like how no. dare he condemn these this these farm this, these little insign- insignificant people that have no chance fighting here and, and there were children th- little kids little kids were part of it and women were part of it <laughs> so he's like He's been instructed that whatever he sees while he's there, he is not to do anything until he receives a specific sign saying that a specific action needs to happen at this point. So he is supposed to sit still. And in the book, it says, and this is from Joe Grady's perspective, he'd follow his orders. Light burn him, but he would. But if Cawthon survived the battle downriver, he and Grady would have words. Stern ones. A man like Cawthon, born of ordinary folk, should have known better than to throw away lives. He took another deep breath, then began to weave a gateway. He opened it at that village the people had come from yesterday. He didn't know why he was to do this. The village had been depopulated to make up the group that had fought earlier. He doubted anybody remained. What had Matt called it? Hinder's tap? <laughs> <laughs> when I read that, I said, I I was, oh, my God. I was just like, no, no. Oh, my God. How did I, like, how did I, how did I not see that coming? How did that I is not see brilliant. that coming? Brilliant. Right? I was, I was sitting outside in the garage because it was cold and snowy and gross outside. And, I, like, I was sitting out there with Aiden and I was Aiden don't talk to me I am reading right now and having a cigarette and I got to that part and I just like laughed so (laughs) hard and Aiden starts laughing too and I was like I'm sorry I'm sorry but fuck yeah and he was like no you just have this really contagious laugh mom and I can't help it like having a moment I was like you'll get here you'll get to this point and you'll be like (gasps) Keep going. Yeah, what does it say? It's <laughs> people because <laughs> it's so good. People roared through the gateway, yelling, holding aloft cleavers, pitchforks, rusty swords. With them came more soldiers of the band, like the hundred who had fought here before, except, except by the light of the dread, dread lord's fires, the faces of those soldiers were the same as the ones who had fought here before, fought here and died. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you bloody brilliant fool. So good. It was so good. Like just that moment and I was like, yes. Like that's, I can That's I can one just... of the points where it it almost does have some levity to it where you're like, okay. Thank God. Like I needed that. I needed that in this moment. <laughs> right? And especially because you're really you're really sympathizing with this Ashaman mm-hmm. like, wow, that's pretty messed up. Like kids, like children, women. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Crazy wild feral folk in Hinder's Tap who mm-hmm. can't die. And when they do, they wake up in their beds they the next respawn. morning. They respawn. They respawn like yeah. in a video game. 
you can just use them over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And of course, because like they had been in that battle for survival while they were there, there were members of the band there that mm-hmm. were able to come back and mm-hmm. fight twice. Again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, it was so good. It was just like that moment. I was like, yeah, like I needed I needed that punch of victory and yeah, it really injects Yeah, it really injects something into the story. Absolutely. Like you feel like Matt totally knows what he's doing. I mean, I feel as though like there's a there's a moment where after Aguin finds out and all the other leaders find out that the great captains have been compromised through compulsion, Matt's like, you need to hand your armies over to me. Like, that's now, what you have yesterday. to do. Now, <laughs> if you want to save anybody, I need total control. And she's like, fucking fuck, Matt Cawthon. And she talks about, like, she has this really fun inner monologue where she remembers them living in Emmons Field and Matt had this moment where he thought someone was drowning in like the river or a pond or whatever. And he like dived in to try to save this person. Turned out they weren't drowning. Everybody makes fun of Matt. Matt being Matt is like, fine, well, fuck you guys. If any of you like drown in a river again, I'm just going to let you do it. But then the next summer, this young child gets pulled under, Matt jumps in, he saves this child, and everyone's like, oh, oh, that's who you really are. Like, Mm -hmm. you're always going to be that person who's going to jump in and save people because that is where your heart truly lies. And Aguin is like, well, damn, I do trust him. Mm -hmm. And, like, then you get this crazy, brilliant Matt moment of, like, taking over the armies because there are Mm -hmm. so many of them and like maneuvering them all in this way that's like will it work out will it not work out what direction is it going to go in are there going to be weird rogue things happening but like and (laughs) there is such there's such a good map moment it's it's perfect like he feels this draw of rand to like the very center of Shale Ghoul. And he can't get there by Gateway because Gateways aren't working over there any longer. And he decides... This, this is one of the things that I'm not... That I don't... I don't know how they're going to pull... I don't know how they're going to pull off the Dream <laughs> Shard or the Teleron Riod and all of these battles that are going on in different realms simultaneously mm-hmm. because I know, it's a right? lot it's a lot to handle when you're reading this book yes mm-hmm. and but I to like put it all yeah because yeah, it's, it's ahead, really sorry. hard for me to conceptualize where everyone is at at this moment like we said there's so many different battles going on and then you've got this battle going on like in another realm like on a different plane and you're just mm-hmm. like, this is, there's so much happening. <laughs> there's so much happening. But Matt gets drawn to Rand and he decides that the only way he can, <laughs> the only way he can reach him is to ride a Torakan. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I, Torakan. And he takes Oliver with him because Oliver <laughs> <course>. was like, <laughs> right? 
yo, Matt, we going to do this? We going to ride this thing? <laughs> of course, kiddo. Of course. I mean, poor Oliver. There are definitely some moments. Very, like, never-ending story, like, on that flying mm-hmm. dog. Right? Thing. But, of course, like, they don't, they can't, they can't make it there without a little drama because it's Matt. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's I think they're taken down by like bows, arrows in the wings of the Tarakan and the actual like the rider who knows what they're doing is injured Mm -hmm. and she can't fly any longer. So (laughs) Matt undid his straps. He leaped well more crawled over Oliver and the unconscious woman and grabbed the reins of the panicked Tarakan. This could not be too much harder than riding a horse could it he pulled as he had seen sulan do <laughs> turning the torak on as errands cut the air behind them several taking the beast in the wings they veered straight toward the rock wall and matt found himself on his feet standing on the saddle and gripping the reins tightly as he tried to keep the wounded beast from bloody killing them all they turned nearly it's so ridiculous oh, that... it's so ridiculous <laughs> Surfing. I mean, he is surfing on this animal, on right? <laughs> Motosa. How else how else is this landing going to go? Let's see here. That turn nearly tossed him free, but he had but he held himself in place with feet wedged and holding the reins even tighter. And of course, like they land, everyone's fine, and Matt's like, God damn it, I lost my fucking hat. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, he finds it later. Oh, uh, there was just like that moment. I just, I just lost it. Like the mental image that came along with that was like, were you gonna? I hope they don't. I hope they don't try and do this awesome in the show. I hope they oh, don't but try I this. Want them too. How? How? How can you CGI? Um, like, how are you gonna CGI? I mean, there, there, there's real world gravity. Like, you can't. Stand on a flying bicycle while you're while you're going that fast. You would just the wind alone. Like I just don't see it. I even if they don't have him standing, I would love to see that moment of yeah. But like the whole standing on it thing just like pushed it over the top, and I was at the same time just. I'm just getting like really bad CGI Game of Thrones again. (laughs) While Daenerys is riding on a dragon. And her hair's not even blowing in the wind. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, have you ever ridden your bike? Like, your hair blows around. You know what I mean? Like, it's not. <sighs> I mean, mine doesn't because I responsibly wear a helmet. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's no, only because my balance is shit and I'll fall at any moment and have to have a helmet. How regardless. did you how did you like the Matt versus Pot on Fane? Oh, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. I think I, I think I actually marked that out as well. I know it's in. Oh yeah, reverse balefire. Forgot about that. There's so much in this that happens, and I'm just like, oh my god. Oh, there it is. Page one thousand one hundred and twelve in my book is the Matt and Pot on Fane moment. And it's great because, like, the the ending of the chapter before that is Matt having a spear of this white 
mist through his chest and he falls off of his horse and Perrin's like, oh shit, WTF. Um, but <laughs> you know what not... I what I think is ridiculous is Tom is just like chilling on a rock. Like... Right. <laughs> Thinking about the things that he'll say about this when this is over. Like he's <laughs> carefully choosing the word. I think he lands on exquisite mm-hmm. as his word to describe what is happening before him. And you're just like... Okay. But what I do, because, like, after I got to that point, I had the same reaction, but then he killed, like, a black sister trying to come in and disrupt whatever Moraine and This is why I love and Tom. For doing. This is why right? I love Tom. It's like, Aiel, like, how many Aiel do you need to keep the entrance of, you know, this opening sealed, like, a hundred, a thousand, or do you just need like one Tom with three knives? You just need I mean. one Tom. <laughs> just one Tom. That's all you need. If it just would have been him, the last mm-hmm. battle would have been nothing. He would have played it out yeah. Desdemar style right? and every would have everyone would have gone home happy. But Thomas, you know, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, the pot on fade moment. So he thinks that he's kind of like won this moment. And so he's walking around the battlefield and the book says he came upon a corpse, one that his mists had killed. Shiasam, Shiasam. So this was something that like kind of changed too, because we have this pot on fane or death. Is that right? Or death or more death? It's more death. Yeah, more death. More death. So we have pot on fane, more death. Uh, more death. <laughs> 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 yeah, like Mashadar is the, the, the is like the wind the mist, mist from Sh- yeah from Shadar Lagoth, and so now it also has a new name of this Shaysam Shaysam. Damn um, it, Robert Jordan! Like it's already I know, confusing. Right? <laughs> Couldn't it just be one thing? But it's I like, like with how the, it also kind of it's, Go it's also it's with all of the you know the Forsaken. They all have their your their real name and then they yeah. have their chosen name and then yep. some of them get respawned die. and get reborn <laughs> and then they have a new name and you're like new name for fuck's and sake i can't keep it all straight yeah and mm-hmm. a new face yeah bodies that's one of the things that always kind of threw me off was like trying to be like okay so who goes with what and this person belongs over here and this person does this thing so anyway if there's any confusion around that that's this pot on fame more death blah 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 all bad things Shaysam. so Shaysam frowned bending down the body looked familiar the corpse's hand reached up and grabbed Shaysam by the throat he gasped thrashing as the corpse opened its eye there's an odd thing about diseases i once heard fain matrim cawthon whispered once you catch a disease and survive you can't get it again <laughs> So Matt's like the the I've the been STD from your of the Wheel of Time. <laughs> you can't get rid of me now. <laughs> I'm inoculated to your bullshit. Like I just, I was like, of course, of course, because like at that, the thing about that that really got me up to that moment was how this conglomeration of evil was specifically on the hunt for Rand's soul. So you know Mm -hmm. Rand is potentially in danger of this mist happening. So Rand, or Matt, being in the right place where he can take out Shaysam, 
it just it was so it was perfect like there are so many things and that goes all the way back to the second book no mm-hmm. first book the very mm-hmm. first book where matt like gets yeah the dagger so this is like a straight like from the first book to the last book connection bam right there and you're like ooh, that just wrapped up so nice like how do you defeat something that just by touching you kills you and there's no known defense against it except balefire and even that doesn't do anything except kind of like shoot it off into the distance it Mm -hmm. doesn't kill it it just makes it retreat so to have matt be like i'm immune motherfucker like that was (laughs) awesome it was awesome yeah that is kind of a good gotcha moment. moment Right? I was not expecting it. I was not expecting it. I was racking my brain trying to figure out how they were going to stop this thing. I would have liked to seen at this part of the books, I would have loved for Cad Swain to got to get like mm. crazy because, you know, she's supposed to be super powerful and this and that. Um, I would have loved to see some actual, I would have loved to see Nynaeve like throwing down Yes. Yeah. Like even though she plays a big part, she's just not really doing a whole lot. Sidelined. Yeah, and I mean for a good cause, but it was a little disappointing. Although Aguine stepped up and was like, "Wow." Yeah, but I agree. I like. I wanted Nynaeve more in battle mode. Yeah, like if you've got the equivalent of like an atom bomb. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I guess yeah. I understand why they would bring her like she's so powerful. You would want someone there with Rand mm-hmm. in case, you know, things go down. And it's the same thing kind of with Moraine. Her powers yeah. have been really depleted. Low, yeah, depleted. So that's, you know, that's kind of sad. But and he trusts her. Yeah. Like- I'm glad that he had his, you know, best bitches by his side. <laughs> you know? For sure. Yeah. Like, that's a good way of putting it. But it really was still like, but why isn't Nynaeve I, out being Nynaeve badassery? Because you I know was she would be. It. Yeah, I was expecting Me too. it. Yeah. And then, of course, Lan has, you know, sheathing, mm. his sheathing the sword moment. Which is yep. like a callback all the way to, is that the Great Hunt, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when Lan is giving Rand tips on fighting. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, well, sheep herder, I think our mm-hmm. time has kind of come to an end. So here's the last lesson I want to give you. Mm-hmm. And then Lan takes that and applies it. And I love that moment, too, because he's like, I didn't come here to survive. I came here to kill you. That's yeah. what I'm here to do. And guess what? You're fucking dead. You're mm-hmm. fucking dead. Yeah. yeah. Like really good. Demon Dread, which was really satisfying because Demon Dread was acting like a three-year-old throwing a tantrum. <laughs> it's really, I just, I don't know what it is about this guy where I can't take him seriously at all. Right? No. I mean, it's it kind was, of that way it, for all of the Forsaken where I'm like, you're all a bunch right? of goofballs. It's so, I mean, I love how evil they're supposed to be, but they just don't feel like this force of, I don't there, know. there are so many better bad guys. 
Yeah, you know what I mean. And who have like a larger impact? And I, Elida, even. Mm -hmm. Oh Um, God. Lord Luke, feel about Elida. Lord Luke is kind of Luke. This, you know what? I I honestly wouldn't care if they cut out so much of what happens with Perrin and Slayer and yeah, that kind of what is it the the is it an Angriol where it makes it so that none of them can open gateways? Yeah. What is mm-hmm. it called? Do you remember? A dream spike. The, or the dream spike. I keep thinking shard mm-hmm. spike. Um, no, the shard is is when you create like your own little kind of thing inside Teleron Riot, I think. But I like think a, it's a dream spike that is the one that... So yeah. confusing, but <laughs> yeah. The whole Lord Luke Perrin thing. Oh, and then Perrin versus Lanfear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck? Weird. All of a sudden I, she's like, so you, I'm choosing you, and we're going to go kill people, and you're going to do it because mm-hmm. compulsion. But, uh, and he oh. was he was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I'm immune to that bullshit, too. So, yeah, I'm just going to kill you. <laughs> How about that? Thanks. <laughs> How about that? Thanks for playing. And then Lance was about- like, now I'll never have all of my my boyfriend is there. And it's- <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Wait, no, yeah. Lance is probably the best of the forsaken I oh think. yeah i don't know i like osmodian he's kind of mm-hmm. he's he's kind of chill in his own way he's like forsaken light yeah you know like he mm-hmm. just kind of st- almost stumbled into his role as <laughs> one of the chosen he was like i just wanted music forever but Mogad- i guess i'll do bad shit with you guys mogadine cool. is my favorite she's like cockroach mm. she can't killer and she survived she survives she makes it till the end she does how does she end i forgot collared oh that's right that's right how could i forget that collared how could i forget that she'll make it out of there i know it that's just how she is yeah 100 percent. she always lands on her feet every time she's crafty she she does have resources she somehow she does it I don't know how, yeah. but she does it. Also, huh. when when the dark one goes bye bye, <laughs> does the true power also go bye bye? Or the one? I, don't I mean, the know. because every, the Chandlers are using the one power, but the Forsaken have some of the true power. True power. Mm-hmm. Does the true power disappear after the dark one disappears? I don't know. I don't know either. We'll just have to read it again and maybe ask other people more questions and find out. Hey, people who are a lot smarter than me. (laughs) Help us. We need help. Um, So let's... Oh, uh, the reverse Balefire moment. Was it Egwene? Egwene. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yes, that moment was super cool. I love how it was like... This weave she she claims as, yeah, where she's like, it's just like she remembers Perrin being like, it's just another weave. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, if it's weave, then it has to have its opposite. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, she is the it's the flame of Tarvalon. Like, that's what that's what she becomes. 
but then I was like, did anyone see her do that? Because it's not her doing that that kills her. It's her drawing in too much mm-hmm. power to like complete all of the shit that she was doing. So did any, because there were Aes Sedai fighting there with her. Did any of them see that? Because nobody seems to use it. And I'm like, feel like it you, would, like, I feel like it would be how I pictured it is like, okay, so this ha- bail fire happens, everyone disappears, and then she does mm-hmm. it, and then everything. I feel like it's like a black hole, like when something explodes, like a star explodes, all the matter goes mm-hmm. out really, really far and then gets sucked mm-hmm. back in. Sucked back and in. then at the point where it inverses and gets sucked back in, everyone's just standing there where they were when they disappeared and she's gone. Uh-huh. And she's like, gone. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Like in reverse. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind just, of like like the death of a star moment, like like thinking in the universe, like a black hole, kind of like some giant, you know, planet exploding and then zoop, getting yep. like reversed and sucked back away. I really I appreciated the like the way that her death was written, like so many people died in this series where it just felt it didn't feel like it had the depth of a goodbye that I would want mm-hmm. to have. I just, ugh. I mean, I know people talk a lot of smack about Gawain. Right. But that was really so dumb. Like, that was so dumb, Gawain. So dumb. Why did he do that? Why did he do that? Like, <sighs> Gawain is one of those characters that you just are like, are you written to show how dumb <laughs> humans can be? Or should I? I I just, wouldn't I don't that, know. Okay, wouldn't that have made Egwene's character much more interesting if she didn't need no man for nothing, you know? Yeah, like Queen Elizabeth I, you know? Like, it's cool that you want to hang out and be my my warder and everything. It's like, yeah, you can have it all. You can you can yeah. have it all if you want. Exactly. But the fact that that plays such a significant role on her death. Mm-hmm. Eh, I don't yeah, know how I, mean, I feel about it. I feel like I feel like a green could have survived and maybe even should have survived. Like, just the trajectory that she was on to have a queen continue to sit on the Amarillan seat for however many hundreds of years she would have been alive would have been pretty amazing, you know? And I, I don't know. Be, like, I'm not an Egwene You don't think so? <laughs> I just don't <laughs> like her in the least. I am not her fan. I love her character. I like Egwene. I love, I love how she's written, but I also think she's a terrible person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why? She she basically sexually assaults Nynaeve and tell Ronriad because she's afraid Nynaeve is going to tattle on her to the wise ones. And then she laughs about it like that'll show her to try and one up me. And I'm like, wow. dude, that is not a good look for you because she dream <laughs> she dreams like some creepy rapist yes. with like rotted teeth, breath, like trying to rip Nynaeve's clothes off. And then she laughs about it afterwards, like, teehee, that'll show you, Nynaeve. How dare you think that you can, like, push me around? And I'm like, that is not a good look. And another thing that I don't like is after Nynaeve's <laughs> test for the shawl, 
naive uh-huh. is about ready to be like, well, if you don't want me, you don't want me. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, like, I'll be fine on my own. Like, I am, yeah. like, yeah. The, the White Tower is not my life. Like, I yep. have so much more. Heads and, up, Queen of Malkier. Well, th- this is, that's why it bothers me, because not only is Nynaeve capable and strong and talented on her own, the reason mm-hmm. that Egwene, this was like her last stand to kind of like fight for Nynaeve, Egwene's like, well, you wouldn't want to piss off the Queen of Malkier, would you? It wasn't about mm-hmm. Nynaeve, it was about who her husband is. And I'm like, did mm-hmm. you just reduce her to the wife? Damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn it, Egwene. Mm. Yikes. But like I said earlier, she has dealt with some horrible, terrible, messed up stuff at the very, very beginning of this series. Mm-hmm. So I can, I I want to root for her and I want her to overcome, but I don't want her mm-hmm. to treat people badly because she's hurting. If, you yeah. know, I'm not trying to like diagnose her, you know, or be like, she's this way because this happened. I don't know why she is like she is. All I can think about is what all the terrible things that she's suffered through. So, like, Mm -hmm. I want to root for her, but I also want her to be like, I want you to have your friends' backs, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. I hadn't thought about it that way. Thanks. (laughs) I'm sorry if I just ruined anything for you. No, no. no, I I appreciate being shown further complexities in a character that I kind of almost gloss over. But but I think the reason that it upsets me so much is because she could be amazing like she could be yeah. she had you know she's like the student of the world she just picks up mm-hmm. anything that you lay out in front of her and she's so smart and mm-hmm. it's like how can you be so smart and then do these things mm-hmm. why why because she's like 18 <laughs> yeah it's true like I, true. I think that's one of the things that I try to keep in mind with Egwene as well is like her youth mm-hmm. like as much as like I I think that it it seems really foolish to make these characters so young. Like, I do think it's sometimes something that you need to take into consideration. In particular, I feel with Egwene because she's she's the daughter of the only innkeeper in Emmonsfield, the mayor, who also happens to be the mayor. mayor. Exactly. Yeah, she is the youngest of like five girls. Is that right? Like, I think she has, like, four older sisters, and they're oh, always, shit. like... Oh, shit. Does she have the Elida syndrome? The youngest girl? Youngest youngest daughter. <laughs> always pushed around, pushed to the back, told she what to do. She's she the baby. She could have been an Elida in another universe. Mm-hmm. Had things yeah, turned out so differently. She kind of, like, she takes different steps, and I feel like... I feel like if Egwene would have survived, there would have been... I think she would have felt for lack of a better word I feel like she would have felt toe towards Nynaeve in the way that she had treated her because she's becoming but she she didn't yeah she goes through all that with the wise ones only to like turn around and use it to bully one of her friends yeah and not really just even one of her friends, but somebody who has like who risked her life to come and her. save her. Nynaeve mm-hmm. didn't. Nynaeve didn't show up on this journey because she wanted to go on an adventure. She thought that these children that she felt responsible for were getting mm-hmm. kidnapped, and so yeah. like 
Nynaeve is like, I'm dragging you home. And she's like, mm-hmm. no, you're not. <laughs> nope. And by the way, my hair is no longer braided. Please don't pay attention to that. <laughs> <laughs> and I no longer just have a like, braid. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. There's the the moment where where Gwen dies, I I thought it was a good ending for her, you know. And in some ways, it's almost like I I wouldn't have mind seeing her survive, but she's already hit such a high point in her story arc that this just almost seems to like propel her past that into well, yeah, a legend. Well, it's not even like that. She. Yeah, it's not even just, like, a legend. It's, like, a mythical, like, like being like how I said, like, it felt like a star dying and then turning exactly. into a black hole, like, and that is the yep. flame of Tarvalin. Like, it's something bigger than a legend. It's something, mm-hmm. like, that's, like, the metaphysics are out of this world. It's not even something that someone could, like, understand. Mm-hmm. But It's a good way of putting it. It's so much more than just like I created a new weave, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But no, there's, I mean, wow. You know, if something that I think would be really, really interesting is to see Cad Swain and Equain interacting because that would have been cool. We talked about. Okay, so, like, Egwene has all of these amazing mentors. She had mm-hmm. Swan. She had the wise mm-hmm. ones. She mm-hmm. had um, this connection to the women of the kin, even. Mm-hmm. And she really, you know, and, and Varen, that, those moments with Varen, even. So she had all of these well, really... Well, let's, let's also give props to Egwene's mom. Yeah, like, <laughs> right? She's, I mean, she's a pretty great character in and of herself. Yes. Like, you can tell that she's got her shit together, and she mm-hmm. was teaching her her daughters how to also have their shit together. Aguin just happened to be a whiny 16-year-old. Like, that's <laughs> and, just, and she had that's more, just genetics. Yeah, and she had, she had more rain, you know, like, guiding yeah. her oh, there yeah. from the very beginning. And uh, so yeah. I'm just curious, like, I really kind of would like to know what these interactions would look like between the previous Amerlin to the new Amerlin because Cad Swain is the type of person where she doesn't want it. Egwene was the person who wanted it with every fiber of her being. So I would really have loved to see like what would that interaction look like, you know? (laughs) Interesting how those characters never really – wouldn't it have been funny if a queen would have survived and then been like, you know, this whole being Omerlin seat thing at 18 is stupid and I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. can I go can I go hang out with my friends on horses? She's like and I'm she's like I'm going to do a, a wind finding apprenticeship on a ship now, so <laughs> See you later. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. That would have been brilliant. Oh. She starts going around topless. She's like, I do everything 110%. Exactly. She She comes back to the tower with piercings. Tattooed. Her mother is like, well, I didn't really expect this from you, daughter. But But at the same time, I did. This is just who you are now. 
<laughs> yeah. She goes back and spends more time with the Tuatha on mm-hmm. just for shits and grins and belly dance lessons. <laughs> like, <laughs> let her be a fucking 18-year-old girl for a minute. Right? Good Lord. Rand gets to go off and, like, be right? Mr. Whatever the fuck he's doing. <sighs> okay, anyway. Um can we talk Let's, about okay, Avi? So, oh, oh, you've got something. Okay. I see the, and got- it's actually kind of connected to this. So okay. I wanted to catch it real quick before we moved on. So in this moment where Gween like goes full flame of Tarvalon, she creates a crystal around the Sa'angriel that she was using, but also the one that Demon Dread was using in the moment. And I was just kind of thinking, you know, how like in the time period where we are in the series, we get these moments where it's like, and this thing was discovered from the age of legends. And now it's like super like commonplace important. And we oh, want this. Oh. And so, well, like what if, what if those two things somehow have a prophecy that gets built up around them later on, you know, like, will somebody come back based off of like the, the myths and the stories that will come from the battlefield about two incredibly powerful saw all having been buried encased in crystal in this mountain where the last battle took place like how could you Mm -hmm. not be drawn to that you know like i Mm -hmm. was like so i wonder if that's gonna be like that could be like a thing and it makes me think of all of the locations in emmons field how after minethrin had fallen and queen i don't remember how to say her name blows up kind of in a similar fashion. She kind of overexerts herself like Egwene does. And then that's how like the wine spring was formed because it like blew open the ground, like under the ground. And then the water Mm -hmm. like seeped up into this mineral spring. So like after everything that happened with Egwene, like I wonder like what kind of like craziness will come from Mm -hmm. this moment like you were saying maybe it's like another prophecy or yeah yeah because i mean those are two like it is mentioned repeatedly how powerful these sangreal are and so to me like it just makes sense that it could like become this legend and this thing that this treasure (laughs) that people go after like archaeologists of yeah. Black Tower. I don't know. Maybe the Browns are out doing that. They're just like yeah. lifting up bits of dirt with mm-hmm. air and stuff, trying to find it. That's a right. fun image. Anyway, um, that was, I think that's the last thing that I had on that one. And you wanted to do Avienda. Yeah. I Is just, that right? I really, uh, her ending, it, for one, I love her like reverse weave explosion. Right. To It's Grendel, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And Grendel's just about to place a weave of compulsion on Avienda and Avienda is like, oh, fuck, if this happens, I'm worse than dead. And I mean, this is after she has killed Rurark, un- who was under compulsion. So she sees God, exactly what she'll Me become. too. Yeah. So she's like, Someone else is going to kill me if this happens with Grendel. I would rather die a death with honor than let this happen. And I think the funny thing about this is, like, Avienda can just 
pick this weave apart without any problems. She actually has to think about how to do it to fuck it up and make it. <laughs> She's like, "Oh God, I hope I'm, I hope I'm doing this the wrong way, the right way." Yeah. <laughs> was so funny i the was hum- like oh. oh i love the humor of avienda it's so good i love i, mean, I love her personality she is just mm-hmm. she's a gem i i really liked there were several times like during the battle where like her her inner monologue towards rand i thought was really touching because she calls him shade of my heart and there's just something about that that always gets me. And to have Avienda express that towards Rand, that tenderness, mm-hmm. it was just like, it was so soothing to like have her be like, get it. I mm-hmm. love you. Like it, I was sweet mm-hmm. in a way that it's like, sometimes Elaine is like cursing Rand and like this bloody man and these mm-hmm. bloody babies, even though she's thrilled about being a mom. Like, right. you know, she like, but like the tenderness from the warrior is the thing that I just love. Yeah. And Avienda's all like all kinds of fucked up after this. Like this was the part that this made my stomach lurch like mm-hmm. when they're talking about what her feet looked like after this explosion right. and I was just like, "Oh, oh gosh. Wow." Well, wasn't wasn't she already injured when she went through that gateway? And then she yeah. was injured further by the the destroying of the gateway and it mm-hmm. all hit her like in her in her feet and legs. And mm-hmm. I was just like <gasps> Yeah. Avienda. Brutal. But yeah, yeah she's, oh, I love Avienda. She's such a great character. There's so many great characters. There it's so, so hard to say characters. goodbye, but I guess that just means we shall start again. <laughs> <laughs> maybe give you, like... maybe give you some time to get through a couple um, other books that have been waiting for Sitting your attention. My... And you then... know what, though? I tried doing that. I tried doing that, and I was like, but "Scarlet didn't doesn't live here. Scarlet doesn't live here anymore, and she never did, <laughs> and she never did." That can be a whole nother whole nother topic. Um, but the thing is, is like, okay, so right now, Aiden is reading Eye of the World, and mm-hmm. I think he's almost ten chapters in. Like. Mm-hmm. Everyone I know that's like started the series at this point is just like racing through it. And I'm like, I want to be with you. I want to be with you. And so and then Andrew is just finishing up. Um, what is he finishing? Oh, he's on Fires of Heaven, <laughs> which reminds okay. me. I have to, I have to share this because I think I think this is something that will be really appreciated by our Wheel of Time fan audience. So last night. Andrew is reading Fires of Heaven, and he's at that moment when Rand steps into Camelin and Robin attacks and kills Matt Everyone. and Avienda in the process. Yeah, and a whole bunch of other Aiel. And Andrew looks up and goes, holy shit, Avienda is dead. <laughs> Were you like, I know, honey. <laughs> I Exactly. I was like, I know. And he was like, no, wait, she's dead. And I was like, mm-hmm. And he was like, and maybe Matt, too. And I was like, oh, no, definitely Matt. Matt's <laughs> <laughs> well, like, it was such an Isodai moment because I was like, I can honestly say that to you because they are honestly dead in this moment. And I'm just so excited I just kept for him like, to get to lord of chaos oh dear oh my god Mm. 
I can't wait to get back to Lord of Chaos. That's just the thing. Like, that's the thing that makes me feel good about wrapping up this series and getting to the end of it is that it just pushes me to want to read it again. I can understand why and how people have read the series over and over. (laughs) Yeah, dozens of times. There's always something to find out in it. And like... Now at the end of it, having seen Rand go through the full process and the impact of all of them together, and I actually have some things because I know next week is with Call Me Nakomi. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And then For the our two year an episode. Yeah. And then the week after that, we're still doing Minethrin, right? Yeah, I would like to. Okay, good. Because I have some things that I would like to talk about that connect Minethrin and our Emmons Field five folk. Okay. Yeah. I like that. And I'm, ex- I'm excited about it. Like when I was like working on that document, I was like, oh, oh, I'm thinking about this thing. Oh, I'm thinking about that thing. So I'm, I'm really excited we're going to do Minethrin. I think that's going to be super fun. I think Minethrin is one of the, I don't know, like it's one of the prettiest stories within a story that's not actually a part of the story, but sort of is. <laughs> like, how do, how do I explain that? It's like no, no, the no, made you just up... did. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say story many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is. It's sometimes really hard to for or it's sometimes hard to remember that it mm-hmm. is fictional because it's so It has its own depth. history and, yeah. Exactly. There are always, like, when mm-hmm. I was reading the stuff on Minethra and it was like, oh, yeah, Minethra was part of, like, the Ten Nations and part of this thing and, like, this thing was happening and it lasted for this long and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, but this is a whole nother country. Story within a story within a Yeah. <laughs> and it's, like, one of ten other nations that also have their stories. Like, it's just, you could take so many little pieces of everything that Jordan has left behind and just keep building on it. And I love, 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 love that people do. I love it. I have so much fun with it. So, anyway, like, right now I'm the only person in my house who's not reading a Wheel of Time book, and I feel really left out. <laughs> so. <laughs> I know how you can remedy that. What are we going to do? What are we going to do, Amber? <laughs> maybe you should maybe you should try some chapters of an audiobook. Mm-hmm. I just really want you to witness Michael Kramer and Kate Redding. Okay. I know we have all of the audiobooks too. I'm pretty sure Andrew got them on Plex for us. So, I can just pop in my headphones and be, listen to them. Or just like pick a chapter that you really like. Ooh, that's a really good idea. Winter's night. I'm just, yeah, I'm just really curious to see. Um, I mean, I think, I think Eye of the World. I don't, I don't think Kate Redding is in Eye of the. No, maybe she is. I think the first book is only the Michael Redding or Kate Michael Kramer. My lord. Anywho. <laughs> They they might yeah. not both be in the first book. I could be wrong about that, though. But anyways. Anyway. Anyhow. I'm sure, like, I'm I'm ready to dive back into Eye of the World. There, I know we've got some things that we want to, like, do first. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And, like, we'll figure out our schedule and everything. But That sounds next great. Week is, yeah, next week is Call Me Nakomi. What are we talking about mm-hmm. with her? Do you remember? Taverin. Yes. 
feels. This will be really fun because I love, love, love her video where she's talking about how maybe Egwene and Nynaeve are tiny to Viren compared to like <laughs> Matt and Perrin. And she Graham. is hilarious. She's I so love funny. her videos so much. Yeah. yeah. I'll put a link to her YouTube channel in our show notes for this week too just so that they're there in case anybody is like curious and wants to like check out her stuff before we all record together so i'm looking forward to that we've had some really good collaborations our (laughs) our water and shade video is so funny (laughs) i still need to go listen to it (sighs) they did a really good job of cutting it and putting it together and the music choices are really fun like their their edit their editing is wonderful. Yeah, I was wonderful. I was, I was really happy with it. So they make I, some I was, of the funniest stuff. Oh god, so yeah. Good. And I was like, wow, they got all of that rambling down to twenty minutes. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could do that. Um, but yeah, I feel like was there anything else we wanted to touch on for a memory of light or our six month half anniversary? We did it. We hope you continue to hang out with us. That's all I can say. If you hate us, let us know. If you like us, let us know. Yeah. I'm really down for either one. I I love feedback. Really. If you don't like me, I really want to know why. Like, I am aware of many of my unlikable personality traits. So I just want to know which one you're picking up on. Should I go ahead and uh, talk us out of here? Yeah, yeah, let's let's move along. Thank you so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in future episodes. Oh, (laughs) in upcoming episodes. It helps when you like scroll down. Uh, We also have a Discord channel. Just find us on any of our social media platforms and we can send you an invite. So until next week. Thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalon. Bye.